Hey, before we get the show started, as you know, this thing is, we don't run ads. You'll hear me talk about other companies, but these are not ads that, that are paying, paying me or anybody a consequence to have it. This is all run on donations. Not a single dime goes into my bank account uh, or any of the board members here. So if you guys believe in what we're doing, you, you like the mission, you've seen the workshops, you hear the guests that come on, you've seen our ambassador program, do me a favor, head over to consequenceofhabit.org and show us a little love, hit the donate button. We'd appreciate it more than you know. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are hearing this, you have once again tuned the Consequence of Habit podcast and this is your host, JT. You know, on this podcast, we have in-depth conversations with our guests about the impact that habits have played in their life both good and bad. And we use these conversations to help us better understand the things that are in our control and the things that aren't. It helps us analyze the things we do on a daily basis and have an honest conversation about whether those things are adding value to our life or they're holding us back. So with that said, let's get it started. Hey, anytime somebody reaches out to you and they ask you, hey, would you be willing to come on my podcast? And then you take a look at that guest list prior to you appearing, and it's names like J.J. Watts, Larry Hamilton, Jason Hardrath. I mean, the, the, the answer is immediately yes. This week, we are releasing my conversation with Mason Gravely. Mason's the host of the Without Compromise podcast, podcast put out by Athletic Brewing Company. You know, they say you become what you surround yourself by, and Man, I sure hope that's true. Anyone who's listened to my podcast knows how I feel about Athletic Brewing Company, and I just really value our relationship as a as a nonprofit with with these guys and, and the support they've shown us. But before we get that that episode going, I want to I want to announce a partnership with Meridian Bank. I was at another fundraiser event for the Patriot Fund. Ran to the president of Meridian Bank, told him a little bit about what we're doing. The man immediately handed a card to me and said, we need to talk. I followed up, gave him a breakdown, what our mission is, what we're, what we're achieving. And without hesitation, I received an email stating that they are willing to partner with us. You know, one of the benefits of being a small nonprofit is that when you get support from, from, from a company, it makes a huge impact. So I, wanted to, I just want to say how much I appreciate Meridian Bank, uh, the, the, the love they're showing us. If you are in the Southern Jersey, Philadelphia, Northern Delaware area, and you're looking for a bank, hit up Meridian. All right. With that said, let's get this show started. Here's my conversation with Mason Gravely. All right, folks. Today we are talking to JT Frank, a long, long-standing athletic brewing ambassador. I didn't even look up the date that you you got brought on the team, but it's been. It's been since I can remember. I don't have the longest memory though, guys. But do you do you know when you were brought on the team? Uh, no, it's been it's been a couple of years. My my relationship with athletic um, spans probably about three years, three and a half years, and pretty pretty soon after I, I I quit drinking and you know back then you I could like you know text Bill and <laughs> like this is this is this is the uh, the type of growth you guys have had, but but back then. Uh, the actual ambassador, it's probably been about, it's probably been about two and a half, three years. Where did you grow up? Where's home for you? And uh, take us through like your introduction into um, the military. 
Yeah. So I grew up uh, most of my life in New York, not in the city, about an hour outside the city, in a, in a place called Orange County, New York, a uh, town of Middletown. And I, in high school, I moved up to uh, the Pocono Mountains in Pennsylvania. And that's where I graduated high school. Uh, I started college in Scranton, Pennsylvania for a little bit. Um, and it was, I, I quickly realized that I was not ready to, to be on my own in, in college. Um, so that was short-lived. Uh, I didn't do a whole lot of schooling. I was just working at bike shops and, and uh, just partying a lot. Just, and there, I knew something had changed my life. So I one day just went down the recruiter and, and was exploring it. And both my, my father and my grandfather were military. And uh, I just started, I think before I knew it, it wasn't, you know, a lot of people, they talk about this patriot, patriotic reason that they, they joined. And um, that, that's not necessarily my story, uh, but, but it, was, it was a way to, to do something for at least four years of my life and look like I'm making some type of forward progress. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it was in Scranton, Pennsylvania. I, 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 I enlisted in, in the, the Air Force. So this is going back. We're, we're going back to 95. So. So, so what were those first few four years like? I, it led to more, like an entire career. But w- what were some of those early years? What were you learning about the military and the life of, of being in this world? I've said it before, Mason. It, I, don't, I don't know if, if saying it saved my life is uh, probably a bit of an overstatement. Um, but, you know, you, you come to crossroads in your life and you, you either go left or right. And that just happened to be by chance. I went in that direction and it was everything that I needed. Uh, not just during that time. I, ended, you know, I, get, I was in for five years. I get out and uh, again, I quickly realized that, that I need certain things in my life. But, but at that, that point in my life, I needed structure. I needed to be held accountable. You know, I'm ADHD and, uh, and, a, and a late bloomer, right? So you add those two things. And, and I think my, my prefrontal cortex is, is that of right now, like a 25-year-old, I'm 47. So I was, I was behind the curve. So it was exactly, and I excelled. I did really well in the military. I, I, uh, in those environments, I do, I do well. It was just at that time, I found if I was left on my own, uh, that I was on the opposite I, I tended to self-destruct. So uh, military taught me, it taught me discipline. It taught me, again, how to, you know, how not just to hold other people accountable, but hold myself accountable. I forgot that lesson a couple of times throughout my life, but but uh, I'll say this. One thing that's great about the military is in the world of, you know, in society, we separate each other for, for whatever, whether that's our tax bracket, the, uh, the color of our skin, our sexual orientation, all of these different things the military is a great way of bringing people together and having a shared goal. And you have no choice but to interact with people that you are um, not necessarily used to being around. And, and it's, I think it was really helpful in, in developing just ways to communicate with people and, and get along with people. And uh, those are skills that, that I think I carry, carry for the rest of my life so far. Was that hard to replicate on the outside, you know, just having that shared goal. I mean, it it seems to be a common thing that a lot of veterans go through is like just replicating the the purpose of the lifestyle into civilian life. I completely self-destructed. Like it was a train wreck when I got out. I mean, I got out and I thought I had it all figured out, right? That, that was part of the, the problem of being in this system and then doing really well in this system 
and then confusing myself with, I've got every, all this, this life thing kind of figured out and then being kind of just, I'm going to say left on my own because I'm the one who decided to get out, but just getting out, not having a purpose, not having the camaraderie, not having the accountability. And I was living out in, in Sacramento, California. I moved to just North of Sacramento in a town called Auburn. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, it wasn't pretty. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a really tough time. I caught my, my vision quest. That was my year of, of kind of what I consider rock bottom, um, in a lot of different ways. And, and, uh, it led to me literally, Mason, I'm not joking, selling pretty much everything I had, uh, at a pawn shop and loading everything I could into a Jeep Wrangler, uh, to, I, I sold my back seats, Mason. That's how bad it was. I, I, I sold the back seats. My, my Jeep Wrangler loaded everything into it. And, um, and, and those are not known for having a lot of storage, by the way. No, 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 no. This isn't, this is, this is a, this is like a 1995 Jeep Wrangler. Uh, <laughs> got my dog in there and a bunch of stuff and, and headed out of town and drove across, uh, went from Sacramento to near Scranton, PA. So, um, yeah. So it taught me a lot, but, but it also, you know, like I said, there's a harsh reality of, of getting out and then really struggling with that and finding myself over a period of time, um, uh, needing that structure again in my life. And that's, that led into me being a, a forest ranger and, and, you know, different aspects of being a first responder, uh, working for the government. And, and, uh, and that's where I find myself today. You know, it, I, I know the pay is a little different, but it reminds me of the stories of uh, professional athletes when they get out of the, you know, it's, you go from a stadium filled with 60,000 people cheering for you to, you know, you're just a normal person now. Now you have this legacy and you have the, the remnants of it in your home a lot of times, but the, you, you can't replicate that, the locker room, the, the coming out on the field and all that. And I'm sure besides the pay, like I said, it's very similar to the military in the sense of purpose and goal. Yeah. I mean, I found myself like at a bar, like, you know, I've been out for eight months and, and I mean, I was like uncle Rico of just reminiscing <laughs> about my, my, my time. And to be honest with you, my time in is it's, and it's very hard to even compare to the people uh, that serve now is my, listen, I got out in 2000, my, my, the world was, you know, pre nine 11 military is another animal, right? So I, I, I look back and go, boy, I sure had it good. Like I think about all experiences, man. I traveled the world. I was on hike mountains in Turkey. I, I just did, I did amazing, amazing things. And uh, you don't, sometimes you just don't realize what you have, which especially at that age, right? The grass is always greener. I'm going, man, this place, this sucks. And in retrospect, I look back and even on my bad assignments, they, I, they are some of the most cherished memories I, I, I have for sure. Wow. Rock bottom, driving across the country in your Jeep and your dog. Um, when did it start to turn around? When did you start to feel that you had that purpose back? And, and tell us this too, because I, I feel there's a lot of people probably maybe in a lesser way since than that, maybe in a similar way. Was it immediate or was it a slow progression back to uh, a stable life? Oh, no. So, it, it, well, it, it started with uh, my with my now wife. Right. So I started, I started dating my, my now wife and, and, um, <clears throat> she, she had a, a child who, who's, who's now my, my daughter as well. And, and that, you know, that, that purpose of living for something other than yourself, um, that's something I, I, I kind of needed as well. Uh, and no, this, this progression, first of all, I want to say, I don't have it figured out, but the progression of, of change, uh, is been extremely slow. Uh, you know, we, we, 
on my podcast, I talk a lot about alcohol and, and, and that, that transformation didn't happen until 2019, right? So now I was married in 2003. So, so, uh, there were certain positive aspects of my life that, that kept me grounded, but, uh, realizing that that positive change ne- needed to be made in my life, that, that was, that's a slow, slow journey that, um, that we're, you know, still working on today. You know, I, I've told this story before, but my dad was a heavy drinker, heavy drinker when right before I was born. And I don't know if I've actually told the story on the podcast, but my dad found out that my mom was pregnant with me and he had a beer in his hand and he was an alcoholic. And he goes, oh my gosh, I got to get my life together. I'm very young. They're, they're super like 20, 21. And uh, he's like, I, I can't be living like this and have a kid. So he had a beer in his hand. He set it down on a payphone, never touched alcohol again, but he loved beer. So he drank non-alcoholic beer my whole life. So when the opportunity with Athletic came along, it was like, oh yeah, I know about this idea. This, I've, there's been no duels in my fridge for 30 years, you know, so, or not my fridge, but my dad's fridge. And it's always in the truck, um, you know, cause, cause, uh, he'd just keep it in the back of the truck for work and you could, cause you could drink it at work. Um, and so it's always been around. And so what's cool is that, you know, I have brothers with medical issues. My dad doesn't drink and I still enjoy beer. Uh, but it's something we can all have together and no one has to worry about anything. Um, but for you, for, so for him, it was a moment. It was a moment. He was like, it's over. I can't do this ever again. And he has it. What was it like for you? Uh, it wasn't one thing. I, I mean, I, I've talked to a lot of people about this and, and I, most people who have an issue and this doesn't have to be alcohol. This could literally be anything. And I think that's, that's something I'd like to just dive into after this. But, um, you know, if I was honest with myself, I'm like, I knew what the way I did things, I drink more than, than most people do. Uh, and, and that, that doesn't fit into a regular, I should say not regular because that's, that's a bad word. Uh, the traditional thing that we think of somebody with a drinking problem, right? You didn't see me slurring. You didn't see me, I didn't have a DUI and that's probably more luck than anything. Um, there, but, but I knew deep down that, um, that, that, that I drank too much. And even going back to kids, like I grew up in a house that drank, like that was the norm. I saw it every single day and, uh, that was reinforced with the military. And that's one of the things I'm passionate about talking about is, is, as great as the military is, as many great habits you will learn, there's some that maybe don't serve people long-term. Uh, but, but I, I would, you know, if I spent more than two seconds thinking about that, I was teaching my kids the same thing that I was taught, right? This blueprint of how to be an adult, uh, that, uh, that I wouldn't think about too long cause that stung too much. Right. And I found that I just made these decisions throughout my life. Like every every major bad decision, I was tracing back to this, this thing. <laughs> I was like, I've run this experiment a lot of times and the outcome seems to uh, hold true almost every time. So um, I tried it more than once, but there was just one time that I was, I was coming home on a, um, from a work trip and I said, that's it. Uh, that was uh, February 3rd of 2019. And, and I was, that was the last time I, um, I had a drink. And, um, it seems like so many things was attached to that, to where it's like when that domino fell in the sense of like personal progress, all these other dominoes started falling too. You find that a lot with like, you know, I got, I got a lot I need to change about my life or a lot that I want to change, but you, you know, it's, it's really overwhelming. You think about doing it all at once 
But if you find that one thing that everything's really, really attached to or at least connected to in a way, you can get a lot done just eliminating that one step. So it, so- it sounds like that was for you, the the big thing you needed to focus on. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. And then it was also, it, the further I, you make distance from something like that, the more you start to realize you can you can pinpoint or at least um, spot the reasons you start doing stuff. You know, you start examining and, and we don't have to get into like what a 12 step, but, but it's something that probably everyone should go through. Cause you start realizing like, Hey, I look at my phone more when I'm not, when I'm uncomfortable or I have more road rage when I had a crappy day at work or, or whatever. And you start to connect these things. Um, and that's where this kind of idea of examining our habits, looking at the things we do on a daily basis and going, Hey, is this something that's bring me closer to this version of myself that I, uh, I like, or, or is it the opposite? Because, you know, something I talked about with, even with the alcohol is like, we have this vision of ourselves as what we think we are, we are portraying or even uh, what we're putting out to the world, but, but they, they, they don't always fall in line with the reality of how we're feeling. Right. So um, trying to make those two align as much as possible is probably uh, I've been a helpful exercise and I think that's, that's, uh, been part of this process. Yeah. But, but to answer the question, yes, that was the first step. And then from that, a lot of things have just kind of, uh, come along with it. That's awesome, man. You know, you've mentioned it a few times and, and, and people heard about it in the intro, but consequence of habit, that's kind of your, your whole thing, your podcast, nonprofit, uh, it's a giant metal sign that's behind you right now on the wall. That's really cool. I think like a listener made that for you. Looks awesome. I've got a, uh, a couple things. I've got a t-shirt with it. Oh, I should have worn the t-shirt today. I could lie and say it's underneath its jacket, but it's not. It's another athletic brewing shirt. Um, <laughs> but tell us about that idea. Cause it started with the phrase first. When did that, when did you just start seeing the pattern of the consequence of habit, which is a long-term thing, just like you were talking about before. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so to back up, I, I'd been doing a, a podcast for a beverage company called Killcliffe, and it's it's kind of in the 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 CrossFit world, and fantastic company. They were great to me. They helped me set up this studio that I'm in now. And uh, but then COVID happened. This kind of fell through. And I'm and I'm there's a lot of people kind of. I'm not saying anything that people don't know, but but COVID was tough on people, and there's a lot of people within even within drinking that were kind of suffering through those those uh, the, during that time. And I wasn't working a bunch just because of the pandemic, and I had this studio. And I'm like, man, I'm just going to talk about like the the our habits and the consequences because I've felt both both sides of it, and, and that's something we don't think about that much. You don't think about the positive consequences of our habits. Um, so I just got on got on the mic and I started this, this project and I came up with the name consequence of habit. And I, and I quickly found out that I ran out of material to, to talk. I mean, I can only talk about my, nobody wants to hear, you know, one person's story too much. So I had a couple just kind of intros on, on my story. And then I just started sending out messages to other people, fully expecting all of them to say no. And gradually more and more people started saying yes. And, and I didn't want it to be just about drinking because I think what, what habits, talking about habits does is it levels the playing field really for everyone. Because I don't care if it's your, your, this high-functioning entrepreneur that, that gets up at four, does their 100 burpees, meditates, journals, or your, or your, your person that, that's suffering with alcohol or, or, or you know, 
drug misuse issue, uh, we, we all share this thing, this habit. Habit's like the most woke thing in the world, right? Like it doesn't care what you're, where you're from, color, any of these things, right? So, uh, and people do would just tell tell me about their journey, and I would have some people that that had 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 these great habits from the time they were young, and and they're doing unbelievable things, and and then I had other people that were on the verge of death, and then have gone on to to uh, start examining their habits, make these positive changes, and are doing just unbelievable things. So. Uh, it, it quickly became bigger than me and it was more of a platform for people to come on and, and tell their stories and then, um, you know, hopefully inspire some other people to, to make some, some changes, uh, in their own life. About a year into that, we wanted to do more because these episodes were like, I just didn't want to point people to an episode of a podcast. Uh, as great as that was, I felt like there was, we could have more impact and that's where we looked at, uh, COH as, as a, as a nonprofit and started that process with the goal of just having these workshops. And that's what we're doing now. Uh, whenever we can, we have workshops where we bring in either practitioners or experts in a particular habit and we make it pretty much free to charge of, of people. And we go after certain audiences, but um, free of charge to, for people to sign up and come in. Like we just, two weeks ago, we did a Wim Hof breath work and cold exposure um, a workshop where this one was for veterans. They came in and, and you know, th- these are things that veterans aren't, necessarily not all of them but not necessarily uh, accustomed to to doing right like getting in ice baths and hyperventilating and thinking about you know mindfulness and meditation and, and all of these different things and so that's been that's been an amazing experience and to give both athletic and you a, a shout out with without you guys a lot of this stuff wouldn't be happening i mean i've said it on our podcast every episode but uh, you guys have been just such a huge supporter of us and, and can't thank you enough. You didn't have to say that. I'll probably cut that. No, I'm just Don't. <laughs> no, man. You're, you're, well, it's so cool to see you start off with an idea, go with it, build on it. I mean, you've got a family, you've got three kids, um, a wife, a full-time career, uh, and doing this on the side and starting this nonprofit, it's really inspiring. It's really awesome. Like I get a lot of personal inspiration from like, man, if JT can find the time to do this stuff, surely I can find the time to to, to do these things I want to do. Um, what have you seen in the veteran community? Uh, society do well for veterans and, and not so well. Yeah. So there's a, there's a couple things here. <clears throat> you know, I, I mentioned connecting our our actions with our emotions, right? Like, the, and that's, like I said, like you're having road rage because you had a bad day at work or something along those lines. I think as far as a community, one thing I remind the community, and this wasn't my experience, but, but that uh, men and women, we, we've been at war for over 20 years now. And there's men and women that have seen things and experienced things that as humans, we are not designed to process. And, and some people process them better uh, than others. And, and I, I make the comparison to like altitude sickness um, and dealing with, with trauma, right? So everyone has a different threshold. Some people can walk up, uh, uh, you know, they can acclimate to, to high altitudes much quicker and not have the same effects. It's got nothing to do with toughness and, and it's just the way they're biologically made where other people have a lower threshold to that. And trauma is, is the same way. Um, so... When we the problem with people suffering 
uh, is that we don't always make those connections because the way they act out a lot of times are, are in an interpersonal relationship or, or you see them act out in a way that's, that's, it's very hard to make those connections. Like maybe somebody's really suffering. Um, I would say that the, so just, just having some empathy and understanding that, that what a lot of these men and women have gone through is, uh, beyond what, what most people are designed to be able to, to go through. Uh, the second part of that is I would say that, and this is happening, but you know, the VA was doing the best that they could to take care of people, but those, um, those treatments, uh, it's the government and, and they've done some amazing things, but there's, we're constantly coming up and with different, uh, ways to, to treat, treat people for, um, any issue dealing with, with mental health. And, and I look forward to, uh, different different ways of doing things that, that maybe weren't traditionally used uh, coming to the forefront and, and give, giving some people some some more relief because I, I talked to I just talked to a, a guy yesterday and, and you know people there's a lot of people really struggling out there and then trying to integrate into the civilian side and make that work has been a really uphill battle for for a lot of people so with the show. And taking it beyond that to do like actionable things, things people can get involved in. What what's on your roadmap? What are, what are you trying to do here with Consequence of Habit? Where is it going for you? Like what what are you what are you trying to do in the long run? Uh, so in the well, first of all, I'll start off with our with our mission statement. Our, our mission is to bring awareness to the impact that habits have on our, our mental health, our success, and the environment. Um, so. The bread and butter for us are these workshops. Um, we have an ambassador program now, and this is a great way to spread the word. We, we just we have 21 people that are living the mission. Right? They are people that that through their everyday actions are bringing awareness to the impact that habits have on their own life and inspiring others at the same time. Uh, we have the podcast, and, and that's again a platform for other people to tell their stories. Uh, but all of this is is a way to funnel attention towards uh, us as a 501c3. And our goal is to have more workshops uh, to do this in in more than just. So a lot of these things right now have been based out of the Philadelphia, Delaware uh, area, uh, but we now have ambassadors all over the country. And and I would, and I would like to see we will have uh, these opportunities for people to attend these things and uh, uh, across the country. Um, this is. You know, we're, we're sympathetic to the first responder in the military community because that's where I come from, but that's mm-hmm. not, that's, that's not all we're doing work with, with other nonprofits. Uh, we're working on something with, uh, the Phoenix, um, some other recovery groups. Um, so, or just anybody, I mean, that's, I think one of the opportunities here about talking about habits is that the more we talk about it, the more we realize how much they dictate everything in our life. Like it, the, the, the richest countries in the world have the highest levels of, of mental health issues, the highest levels of depression, suicide, substance misuse issues, anxiety, pain. And, and uh, you know, there's a reason behind that. And a lot of it is just what we're doing on a regular daily basis is this idea of always being comfortable, this idea of not challenging ourselves. There's just a, there's a, there's a lot to it. And um, I just foresee COH as kind of a catalyst to, to bring awareness to that and, and hopefully just have a, a community of people kind of coming together, have this connection through a, through a, through a, you know, a shared experience and, and, and challenge. So that's, that's a long winded answer. I'm sorry, Mason. Just don't do it again. Um, <laughs> tell me, tell me a story about somebody who, who, who either through the show or just through some of the work you're doing changed a habit. 
And what happened? Like, what was the habit they changed? And what were the what was the consequence of it? Every time that this seems to be too much, where I'm going, oh, man, this this is so time consuming. You talk about running the nonprofit, hosting the show. I know you've got like adult and teenage kids. Right. You got a full-time job. It's a lot going on, right? So every time that it gets to the point where I'm I'm going, I don't know if the ROI on this is is you know, am I is it worth it? Is it it, and then all of a sudden I'll get an email and I've this has happened multiple times where they said, Hey, you had so and so on. They said they described exactly what I'm lived through or have experienced. And I'm, uh, can you please put me in touch with this person? And, uh, and I say, no, no, I'm joking. I say, of course I go, yeah, you know, and I'll, and I'll make these, these connections and to just be the middle person on that and, and, and see these interactions go back and forth, um, has been, has made this uh, one of the most rewarding things that I've uh, I've ever done in my life, one hundred percent. And um, you know, I don't think I I could have continued and will continue. Like this is going to be my full time job. I, I mean, I retire from my my nine to five job in, in uh, about three and a half four years, and this will be my full time job. And 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 I and I will see this through and see it grow. And and I mean, it's already become bigger than me, but but just to even be part of it. Um, Dumb. I didn't really answer the question on a specific habit. Uh, you know, there's been a lot. A lot of people will reach out. Hey, you know, I've gotten in, I've gotten into journaling. I've gotten into breath work, but a lot of times I feel like an like an imposter, or you know, I have imposter syndrome because I'm going, man. I mean, a lot of these people they have such better habits than I do. I'm like, they should be doing this. They should be running this for sure. You know, uh, the the author Ryan Holiday that wrote. I mean, you know, Ryan Holiday, Stoicism. It's a big. It's a big part of part of this is the. The, the, the idea of the obstacles away. Yeah, the obstacles away. Well, I, I was listening to a podcast he was on, and him and his wife joke a lot uh, that one of them is a Stoic, the other one writes about Stoicism. <laughs> and the joke is, he goes, she's actually living it. She's the one that it just comes natural. That's her That's her demeanor, her personality. She has that resilience and that mindset. He's the one that's almost super fascinated by it because it's a whole lot of work for him. It's almost like the le- the, the less talented athlete makes a better coach because they've had to learn all those things themselves. Uh, so they know what it's like to get, get, get there versus someone like a Michael Jordan, where it's like, what do you mean? You, like, you can't do this. It comes natural. So it's almost better that you're someone that's learning it and has to go through it and isn't the best. It, it teaches, it helps you teach it better. 100%. And I wanted this to be like this, this, I wanted things to be happening in real time. Like I want to see, you know, so we're getting ready to have somebody come on and talk about like our relationship with technology. I struggle with my relationship with technology. Um, and, and so to go through these things in real time, um, and then we're, we're getting ready to do our second digital fast, right? So for 30 days, we're going to try and get, try, we're going to get rid of all of these things that kind of just monopolize our time. And, uh, and I'm nervous, I'm nervous because this one's going to hit me hard. Like this is going to be the exact kind of stuff that I'm, I know I'm going to struggle with. So I never wanted to come at this from the, from the point of view, like, Hey, I got this thing figured out. I got this thing licked and I'm going to, I'm going to instill my wisdom on you. Um, I, the, all of this is is 
playing out for, for me just as much as it is everyone else. And like I said, there are a lot of the people that are, that are have buy-in on this way more in touch with uh, like the way habits affect their life. Um, I, I say, I've said to my wife before, I'm like, I'm just, and in certain things, like I, we have this, we, and this probably comes over from the, from the athletic brewing side too, is like we have amazing ultra running athletes. I'm not an ultra runner. I mean, I run, but I'm not an ultra runner, but I have these people that, that are part of this thing that inspire me way more than, than I know it's, it's on the flip side. Uh, yeah, I don't even know where I'm going with that. I, I get, I get what Ryan Holiday's saying for sure though. I look at the ambassadors and think, <laughs> I, I think I do something when I go for like a three mile walk around my nature, my neighborhood, or like I hiked last night. And it's flat, you know, it's Florida, you know, I'm walking around in the woods. It's the middle of the night though. And so I'm like, all right, you know, doing, doing something here. And I, I look at my phone technology, uh, pull, pull, see the ambassador group and someone ran like 200 miles and climbed like half a million feet elevation. And I'm like, okay, maybe I, what am I doing here? Why am I the one that's supposed to be encouraging this community to, to be active and live this lifestyle? Yeah. But, but again, you know? it's, it's bigger than us, right? Like, uh, that group that athletic has built, and there are so many things that I've, I've mirrored or tried to, uh, uh, on the way that you guys have done things. Listen, Mason, I'm gonna put it out there. The fir- you're the first person I called when we talked about an ambassador program, right? Like you, I was in a hotel somewhere, to, and you were talking to me about, um, you know, the ambassador program and, and how athletic does things, and you've guys been amazing about building this community. Uh, and you see them. I mean, people are interacting. It's, 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 I think it's, a, it's an awesome thing. I mean, this isn't just an athletic hype thing, but it's, it's been a big part of my process, both personally and COH wise. So, uh, I, I get what you're saying. Ta- listen, Taylor Spike, r- r- you know, he runs like the Coca Dona 250. Remember that episode? And he wears, and he wears, uh, COH stuff all the time. Um, uh, so <laughs> I'm like, man, I don't even know what we do to deserve that. Like, that's, that's cool. <laughs> we do a rapid fire segment and I kind of have a long list for you because there's a few extra things I want to know. You want to jump into that? Let's do it. Okay. All right. And and some of it's going to have to do with podcasting because, you know, two podcasters get together. We got we to gotta talk shop a little bit. But, you know, you've had a lot of awesome guests on uh, Consequence of Habit. Who, who has been maybe one of the most memorable recently or someone that just quickly comes to mind? People ask me the question all the time for mine. It always changes. It just kind of depends on recent guests, what I've been thinking about lately. What, what's been something that's been, that really got you recently and why, who was it? What were they talking about? Uh, the one that always stands out is I had a conversation with um, General Greg Martin, who was the president of the National Defense University. And, uh, he told a story uh, of being called into his boss and, I, and his boss's office. And I want to say his boss was like, I might be screwing this up, but I think it was the chairman of the joint chief staff. And, and he was suffering with some mental Ill- illness and didn't know it. And he and he's this, his boss said to him, says, Greg, I love, I love you like a brother, but, uh, you got to retire. You, you have to leave today or you're fired. And, I think that one really stands out to me because this is a this is a two star general talking to uh, a guy who was a low ranking like I got out at a, at a low rank and exposing some some vulnerabilities uh, to me also a stranger 
and and hence to the uh, and hence to the world of uh, one of the most traumatic, uh, difficult things in his life. Um, and I and I thought I found that so incredibly brave of somebody who's looked at in a certain way for his entire career. You know, we're talking about a West Point graduate. We're talking about just a just somebody groomed to be a leader, and and then willing to open up about uh, their their own experiences. And then other than that, Taylor Spikes episode, again, that was one of the very first episodes and it was so heavy. I mean, I joked with Matchwords. I'm like, man, I think I need a nap. Like I got done with it and I was like, this was, it was just, uh, but I mean, I had Greg Lamond on. I'm a cycling fan. I had Greg freaking Lamond on the, the I mean, I had a poster that dude in my room when I was a kid. Um, so there's, there are, awesome. there, yeah, there's tons of them that, that I look back and go, I can't believe that person and said yes and then even more importantly i can't believe the relationships the people that i continue to talk to on a regular basis after having having them on the podcast and i'm sure it's something i had listen i had you on the uh, you on the podcast and we and just a couple months ago we were sitting around having a cold one together down in florida so that's right non-alcoholic you know of course but yeah we went got some pizza we were yeah you, you were in town that's so crazy. Um, I know everyone and their mom has a podcast, it seems like, but th- there's a reason. There is very few mediums in today's world. We could talk ha- halfway across the country from one another, have an in-depth conversation about our feelings, about what motivates us, about how our lives have changed. You walk away from these conversations, you feel connected to people. You feel like friends because it, 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 there was no medium in, in a lot of ways before this to open up that quickly to someone you didn't know that was intended to then be shared with the world. It's a really fascinating medium. It, it really is. And, and I've had any beers with people, uh, like I've been on work trips and I've met up with people uh, that I've had on the podcast and, and it, it really is an amazing experience. Um, you know, it's sometimes, you know, they, what, I forget what the number of people that you can really only be close with. It's like some, I don't know, 150, 150. So I get that some of those relationships fall away, but, but it has definitely opened up that pool of 150 to, to people I never would have thought I, I would be talking to. So, um, yeah, it's been, been a pretty cool experience. It's called Dunbar's number, by the way. It has to do with, uh, like the, the, the max number of people you can have a relationship with, like, but yeah, I guess scientists call it Dunbar. We've actually brought it up with building the ambassador program. Like, do we need to branch off every 150 or something? And there's a lot of organizations that use that number to say certain branches or arms can't get bigger than that because then it just, you just don't know people. I think it's true. <laughs> uh, all right. So that was uh first one. So, all right. You've had a ton of people on, been some impactful people. What is your favorite daily habit? I don't do it as much as I should. Um, I did it right before we get on the podcast uh, is, is breath work stuff. I do like a Wim Hof breath work. I'll do a couple sessions of that. And that has been something that to, for me to find stillness in my mind, because it's all over the place most of the time to find some stillness. Uh, I will do a couple rounds of some breath work and feel grounded. Uh, everything seems to slow down a little bit. And that kind of gets me in the right mindset for the most part. I've, I've been breathing my whole life. Um, <laughs> yeah, heck, I've been doing it the whole time we've been talking. You're multitasking. It's unreal. No, I know what you mean, though. Do you have any hobbies that folks you don't often talk about or folks don't know about? 
Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't talk too much about my own stuff. Um, I love climbing. I bring my, my daughter climbs with me. <clears throat> well, both my daughter and my son. Uh, so I, I live in Delaware, so we're not, <laughs> we're not doing any multi-pitch big, big mountain stuff. It's all in a gym. Uh, but we, 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 we love the climbing. I grew up as a cyclist. Um, I don't know if I fall into that category anymore, but I love mountain biking. Uh, I grew up racing road bikes. Uh, I, listen, my dog's name is Merckx after Eddie Merckx. Uh, my son's name is Cadell after Cadell Evans. Um, so, or I should say, we just like the name. It's not after him, but that's uh, weird. But uh, yeah, so I love cycling. Yeah, it, just fitness stuff, man. So if it's trail running, uh, I'm com- still coming on back from an injury on that. I love, I love, uh, like I love lifting weights. This is probably something I do probably four days a week. I enjoy that. It's just kind of an outlet for me. Um, but yeah, I would say those are those are my those are my uh, my hobbies. That's awesome. Do you have a favorite athletic brewing beer? free wave by, by, I mean, I, there's other ones that some of the seasonal ones that come out and, and I go, man, that's good. But free waves, my staple, like that is the one, if I could just, if I had that from, from here on out, I would be good to go. And, uh, I'm starting to see it more and more locally here uh, it, and cold, right? There's the other thing, like I can get it and it's in a refrigerator. So it's coming out cold, which is, which is nice. Right? There were times you could get it and, and yeah, it was always in the back corner somewhere and it was warm and, and, so there was that process, but yeah, free wave. Oh, soul, soul sour is also, if, if, if at, listen, I don't want to give athletic, uh, any business advice, but if that doesn't become a staple, um, you're missing out. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh man. Yeah. We, we are, I think it is coming out again soon, like earlier or, or, or multiple times a year. So, I mean, it, it's a very popular one. They, they nailed it with that one and the cause is awesome. Last question. And I get you to go. On every can of beer, it says brew without compromise. But we believe, kind of like what the pursuit of uh, the consequence of habit that you're on, you got to live without compromise. It takes not just one domino in your life to get rid of, you know, one negative habit, but work on them all. So to pursue anything well, you got to live without compromise. What does it mean to you to live without compromise? Oh, Mason, that's deep. I've heard you ask other people this, and, and I, I swear they have a canned answer. Uh, like they'd prepared for this uh, more than, than I have. I've said about change um, I, that a lot of my habits that, are, that I used to do compromise me from being this version of myself that I, that I wanted to be, right? Um, so the word compromise has come up a lot uh, for me. To live without compromise is... Is to hold yourself to a certain standard, um, and and then set up the environment to follow through on that. Uh, I want to be careful because uh, I know personally I failed at that before. Right, you hold yourself to a certain standard and, and maybe you don't reach it. But the the without compromise part to me is that endless struggle of of going towards it, uh, knowing like, hey, this is where I want to be. And I'm going to, I'm going to F up. I'm going to mess it up sometimes. But at the end of the day, I do the next right thing to move forward towards that, that direction. Uh, and that's where, I don't know if, if not quitting is, is, the, is, is the, uh, living without compromise, but, but just continuing that grind, uh, with the acceptance of, of, of two things, it's going to suck sometimes. And, and you're not always going to, you're not always going to, uh, succeed, but, but just keep grinding towards, towards that, uh, that, whatever that goal is. As all of you know, nothing in this world is free. 
You can have the best of intentions. You want to do good in the world. Uh, well, guess what? Unfortunately, at the end of the day, it costs money. You need to find people, organizations, groups that believe in your mission and support it. I was fortunate enough to come across the Patriot Fund. I reached out to these guys and, and I told them what I'm, I'm looking to do within the veteran community. And they were, they were so quick in response and, and really got behind what we're doing and have been a huge part of making the, the workshops that we, that we hold for veterans uh, a possibility. So check these guys out at thepatriotfund.org. Hey, this show is produced, edited. Uh, everything I don't like doing, this guy, this company is doing it. If you guys have a podcast and you think about, uh, man, this, this, I love the interview part. I, I love talking to people, but it's all the other leg work that's kind of bogging me down and may, taking, taking something away from this experience. Do yourself a favor. Check out Anthony Palmer at Palm Tree Pod Company. These guys are the best in the business. It's completely revolutionized my experience as a podcast host. So if you guys want to check them out, check out, go to palmtreepod.com or just hit me up, man. I'll, I'll link you up.